0: I speak to you in the name of our one God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Amen. An, old, an old Turkish fairy tale tells of Abi's slippers. In this story, Abi is a merchant. He is wealthy, corpulent, and seeks out deals that will bring him money and power and honor in the eyes of society. One day, he wakes up in the morning, and outside his bedroom door is a fabulous pair of slippers. He's never seen them before. The slippers are of the softest velvet. They have a leather sole and jewels, and they are embroidered with gold thread. Abby asks all his servants and his family, but no one can tell him where the slippers have come from or who they are made for. Ah, he says, they must be a gift for me. And he promptly promptly puts on the beautiful slippers and he wears them the rest of the day. Many people comment on them, but they become uncomfortable very quickly. That night, Abi takes off the pretty slippers. He sighs with regret and he places them outside his bedroom door. They must not be for me. They really don't fit. The next morning, the slippers were still there. Abi can't resist them, and he puts them on again, but they are even more uncomfortable as the day wore on. And yet he loves them, and he doesn't want to take them off. Oh, no, not yet. But they do hurt his feet. That night, Abby takes off the pretty slippers. He sighs with regret, and he places them outside his bedroom door again. When he awakes on the morning of the third day, the slippers are there. He cries out in desperation, why won't you go away? Abi knows he needs to rid himself of these slippers, for otherwise he will continue to wear them and hurt himself. So he takes a servant and he travels out of town to consult with the wise man who lives in the hills. And after Abi explains the situation, the wise man falls silent. Then he responds, If you do not admit that these slippers are yours you will never be able to get rid of them. Deep down, Abby knew the wise man was right. He loved those slippers and desperately wanted to wear them. They really were his. They had been for him, but they were making him miserable. So that night, Abby places his slippers outside the bedroom door. He smiles, and in the morning, they are gone. If you do not admit that they are yours, you will never be able to get rid of them. What if we approached our sin and our weaknesses this way? What if the first step to freeing ourselves from the temptations of our lives is to admit that these temptations are ours. Yes, that's my sin. That's my temptation. Abi first has to admit that he desires the slippers. He has to admit that only he would have been so tempted by them, that he would try them on And as soon as he saw them. He had to admit that only he wanted others to admire them as he wore them until his feet hurt. And he had to admit that only he was going to be the one sighing with regret as he placed them outside his door each night pretending that he wished they would disappear. In the book of the prophet Joel, from which our reading is taken, the people of Judah are being called on to do just this, acknowledge their sins, We don't know the exact nature of their sins, but they are probably sins of apostasy. In other words, the sins of forgetting to recognize that Yahweh is God. The name Joel or Yoel means Yahweh is God, as if to drive home the point that it is a sin to worship other gods. The book of Joel tells us that these sins of the people have broken their relationship with God. The people's daily offerings have ceased They are suffering, and God is ready to act in judgment against them. As we hear, the end is near, the sky is dark, and gloom surrounds all. If the people do not admit these sins are theirs, they cannot repent of them. For it is repentance to which they and we are called When God speaks through Joel, God calls upon the people to return to God with all their heart. Yet even now, says God, return to me with all your heart. The heart was understood to be the seat of the person's intellect and their will. So turning back to God was understood as a deliberate act of will to lead a life different than before. Turning back to God was a renunciation of apostasy, It was to truly understand Yahweh is God and to live a life that would tell the world that you believed this. Now for us, turning back to God means renouncing the pretty slippers of the world, the lure of compliments from others, and the self-satisfaction of status and power. It means renouncing the pain that comes when we wear the slippers that don't fit because we'd In truth, rather bow to gods that are not God. Like Abi, if we do not repent of our temptations and sins, we cannot get rid of them. For in repentance, in repentance, we come face to face with God's commitment, the commitment that Joel describes to be gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God offers us fellowship, Yet even now, yet even after we reject that fellowship, God will turn and relent and offer us blessing, as Joel writes. And only then will we be free of the pretty slippers. Ash Wednesday offers us an opportunity to accept God's offer of blessing by acknowledging our weaknesses, our sins, our worship of other (coughs) gods, and our temptations Ash Wednesday reminds us that God wants us to ask for help, to get rid of the slippers that tempt us and will only make us miserable. Ash Wednesday tells us of God's love for us as God waits patiently, ever so patiently, for us to turn back to God in both words and deeds. Ash Wednesday shows us God's graciousness and mercy when we do repent and we receive God's forgiveness. In all of this, in all of this, Ash Wednesday is offering us a perspective on time that is cyclical. When Lyssa and I mark your foreheads with ashes, we say, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. This is a quote from Genesis 3, when God punishes humanity for Adam and Eve's eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God says, you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Cyclical time comes up each Ash Wednesday because we are going back in time to relive that moment in Eden, acknowledging our need for repentance and God's mercy and grace, even as we already know that we are already forgiven and saved through Christ's death. So we do this each year going back to that moment when we were not yet forgiven to remind ourselves that we have indeed been forgiven and that we are regularly forgiven by God. Now Ash Wednesday is also a time to reflect on our mortality. The imagery of the sentence, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return, comes up in our burial service. When a coffin or ashes are interred, the celebrant will say, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. When we say it there, we are thinking about time in a linear fashion, from birth to creation. Sorry, from birth to death, from creation to our ultimate salvation. And to use the language from Genesis 3 also makes sense there, for we cannot and should not separate the moment of human weakness and disobedience from our mortality. So these two kinds of times, the circular time focusing on our sins and God's forgiveness and the linear time focusing on our mortality are intertwined in Scripture and in liturgy, tonight's liturgy, and in our lives. When we acknowledge our sins, repent, and turn back to God and receive God's forgiveness over and over again, we are saying something about life and death. As Joel makes clear, death awaits when we do not return to God with our hearts. So unless we repent and turn back to God, we live in the pain and the suffering of our temptations and our refusal to accept God's offer of forgiveness and love. And this pain and suffering is a kind of death. Unlike until Abi was able to get rid of his slippers, he was destined to suffer from the temptation to wear them and the physical pain from this pair of pretty slippers. His life was going to be full of little deaths every day. And so our liturgy of Ash Wednesday asks us to repent of our sins and gives us the assurances of God's blessing, and it also calls us to new life and freedom from the deaths that come when we turn away from God. For when we accept God's offer of forgiveness and love, we can truly begin to live. We are no longer tempted by Abi's pretty slippers. They can no longer make us miserable. For once we acknowledge that they are ours. God helps us to be rid of them. God helps us free ourselves. This Ash Wednesday, may we come to understand that between the dust of our birth and the dust of our death, there is life, our lives blessed by God's forgiveness and love. Amen.